0: Welcome to the Celtics Pride Podcast on Celtics Blog, and an instant reaction to a game six loss. The Celtics go down to the Miami Miami Heat, ending their season. Uh, today it's just Josh Motenko and myself, Adam Motenko. We are Sans Mike Minkoff. Josh, the Celtics came out flat again in the first quarter, led by Jason Tatum. Um,
1: how did you feel when this game started? I felt confident. Um, I felt like I was expecting Jalen Brown to, to go off, you know, and, and to really lead us to, uh, to another win tonight. That's, that's kind of what I expected. I, you know, I, I also expected Jason Tatum to show up the way he did, the way he has been the last few games. Um, and then hopefully, you know, get his mojo going and his rhythm in the second, third quarter so that he could end the game really strong. Um, and I thought we played a decent game. Let me jump in. You, you, I, I predicted this loss, and I
0: asked you when you said the uh, the last podcast, when you said that you thought they were going to win this game, I asked why. And I, that question is still in my head. Again, you've been adamant throughout this entire series that there has been one or maybe even less games that you felt like the Celtics deserved to win in this series. Why did you expect things to be different coming into this game
1: i mean i think it's a pretty simple answer where our issue is maturity and the question is whether we're gonna our young guys are gonna mature in front of our eyes and you know we're right there so yeah a little bit of maturity at the end of the game from our shot selection um and our defense as well you know our, our weak side defense was really poor when it really mattered, you could see the energy difference watching Grant Williams and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown fly around the court and watching Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum be a step slow on the weak side uh, and, and Hayward as well. Like, it's just, we, and to me, it's the shot selection on offense that's the thing that I expect them to be able to understand from watching film game to game in this series to be able to mature. You know, the way to get back into a game when you're down a few points after being up six, and you're giving it away by, by shooting. Let me call it jacking up—just quick threes in the shot clock—and the broadcasters, now albeit former players and coaches, are calling us out in the play-by-play about how how to not get back into a game. I mean, that's not how you erase negative momentum and change the tides. That actually is what snowballs the negative momentum, and you know, turns it into a 14-point lead like they got. So. You know, it's it's little kid stuff that we're doing out there. You know, just the rush shots at the end of the game. Everyone thinks they need to take a quick three because if they make it, then we can get back into the game quickly. And that's always fool's gold. And these guys know that. They should know that. So it's the kind of thing like Jason Tatum is right there to understand that. And I'm expecting that he may be able to do that this game. So when you're looking at maturity, it could happen at any moment. And that's kind of the nice upside of having a team that's young like the Celtics. Or the Denver Nuggets, you know, it's just based on that kind of maturity.
0: Yeah, the shot selection shifted depending on what was happening in the game. Uh, let's talk about Jason Tatum. He shot a Kobe-esque nine of twenty-six from the floor. Started out zero for seven in the first quarter. Why? I've been saying all along he's pressing. He's trying to do too much. He's you know, like he's in his head, thinking way too much. Um, I'm. It's frustrating to watch him start the, the games the way he has. He finally, towards the second half of the of um, the second quarter, started to shift that, got that steal and dunk, um, started taking the ball to the basket more. Uh, he was passing a lot. He had eight assists in the first half, but I, I, mean, I thought he could have had 12 easy if he was yep. taking the ball to the basket
1: more. Yeah, it's really simple, fundamental basketball concepts like driving and coming to a stop and being able to pivot and make a strong pass out instead of getting the ball stripped from you. And if they fail, you throw your hands up and hope for, and pray for a foul. You know, that's, that's the difference right there. Um, and, and not taking quick, you know, not going into your bag of step back fadeaways when the, you don't need to, you could save that for the end of the shot clock. When we know we're going to throw it to you to get that last shot off, you don't need to do that. Early in the shot clock, in the shot early in the shot clock, you need to get some momentum going and get the ball moving so that we can find a great shot out of moving the defense. And you know we got to remind the young guys more often than the others to do that. It seemed
0: like uh, the the whole team kind of came out a little bit flat on defense, but Smart hit four threes in the first half. Jalen Brown played well in the first half. He hit about scored about ten points early. He was aggressive all game, taking the ball to the basket. Um Kembo was not a major factor. Gordon Hayward was a steadying force in the first half. I mean I, I have some some first half and then second half notes, but what
1: what else did you so see from the other you, players? Huh? Since we're on the topic of Tatum, I got a tangent that I want to go off on with you and and hit it. They brought the broadcasters in the beginning of the game. I think it was the sideline reporter, Lisa Salters, maybe. Um she kind of half heartedly talked about and jokingly lightheartedly talked about how uh Jason Tatum was still in touch with Kyrie Irving and that they still talk about leadership stuff Ugh. and I was kind of I don't know if you saw that. I was yeah. kind of like cringing and i I've always wondered, you know who's in Tatum's ear and who's he listening to like the the whole obsession with Kobe. Is all fine and good. We love Kobe. He passed away recently. We can't say anything bad about him, um, and he's just a legend. I mean, he you know he he would have off the court. Kobe would have been a champion for women's sports for the next forty years. It, you know, and that's we lost a person like that, right? But you know, as a basketball player and as an ego, Kobe was always off. His teammates never liked him. His you know, and, and he really imitated that Michael Jordan thing to the point of rebranding it um uh you know the 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 mamba mentality which it's not it's the jordan mentality but there's there's almost like a there's almost like a spectrum-y type of uh experience that kobe has where he's just so incredibly focused that he's incre- in, in you know he's socially awkward and rubs everybody the wrong way and no one understands how to deal with him and he's overprotective um, and i am just, I've always felt like the, the influence on Jason Tatum was good. You want that? You want your players to work out with an all time great like that. But there's, I, I never thought it was all the way good. Like there's, I worried always about like, what kind of mentality stuff is he, uh, also, you know, sharing with, with Tatum and, and who does Tatum really listen to? Like, does he listen to Brown as much as he obviously did when he was a rookie or does he listen to you know Marcus Smart or does he listen to Brad Stevens or does he listen to like others outside other superstars or people who are seen as superstars like a, a Kyrie Irving, you know, and when Irving's in his ear and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Brad Stevens are in his ear, like is he, is he having trouble deciphering with mixed messages sometimes of how should he really be? How should he become? The, the superstar that he wants to become. What do you think about all that?
0: Well, I'm, I'm curious about what your theory is on what Tatum believes that is unhelpful.
1: Uh, well, I mean, the idea of taking hero shots at the end of the game or, or trying to put the whole team on your back with isolation scoring in the beginning or isolation shot selection in the beginning of the shot clock like those concepts could easily be chalked up to just immaturity, you know, and and he needs to watch more games of himself doing that so that he can stop the habit and see the actual problem because it may be that he's getting the feedback from the coaches and then he goes back on the court and he's still like, no, I got to do this my way now, you know, and it do- hasn't clicked yet. And that's a kind of an innocent learning process thing that young players go through, especially super talented, you know, potential stars, but you know, as a coach, you're always, you know, trying to keep extra voices out of your players ears. And you know that your players are always hearing people in their ear saying things that may not be uh, to the service of the team, or or to the best interest of that player, necessarily, even, even things that, you know, people in their ear think are, are for the player's benefit. They're not, they're not doing things the right way. They're not going to be you know, they're not approaches that would be rewarded by the basketball gods. They're not, just not like in the spirit of the game or or team cohesion. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard, it's hard to tell. Like, if if I'm not, I have no theories about. Well, all his negatives are because he's listening too much to Kobe and Kyrie. I don't feel like I don't have any theories to date. I'm I'm just kind of. I've always been a little worried about that because we haven't seen the maturity happen. If we see the 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 intentions by Tatum to make the right play every time instead of trying to put the whole load on his shoulders, I think that we you know, he came out of the game playing that way, missing shots but still getting assists, and still driving to kick and making great left-handed bounce passes into the high post for open scores, you know like that. He he saw that the middle was wide open in the zone and he got the ball there and we scored off of it. Like he started the game, I think, the right way, even though he missed those shots. And I just don't understand why he can't finish those games the same way with the same mentality. He you know, he he short circuits mentally and and goes into a fear stuff about I gotta shoot this three right now or else we're gonna lose. And then of course we lose.
0: Yeah, he's twenty two years old. It's, yeah, no, I you know, get the, it. The expectation, we said this last time, the expectations that we have for Tatum are based on what the Celtics need to win a championship this year. And he just isn't there yet. And let's remember
1: where he came from at the beginning of the year. You know, a guy scoring 19, 20 points per game. He never had, you know, 15 games in a row with 30 points or whatever he did this year to Tyler Larry Bird for the Celtics record. He never, you know, became an all-star until this year. And then made a jump, you know, to continue that kind of a play when when uh, the bubble reopened. Things like he was he was playing great. He was still at that level, but the consistency isn't there to be a champion yet. And and he's come two steps in one year. I feel like, um, and and now he's still one step away. Coming into this year, he
0: he, Josh. Last year he he scored fifteen point seven points per game on the year. Right. Yeah.
1: So you think so? I expected him to come in 18, 19, 20 points per game this year, right? Yeah.
0: I I mean, but it's more than that. I mean, I was thinking today about when he was drafted, there was a huge question about whether he could shoot from three. Um, And because he couldn't at Duke. And he worked his butt off in a very short period of time and was shooting 40% from three. He shot 43% from three his rookie year. That is insane.
1: I don't think anyone thought that he was not going to be able to shoot the three. He was always a good shooter. His game was just long mid-range. You know, yeah. it was right his, inside his, the three-point line.
0: His three-point percentage at Duke was not very good. There was a major question about whether he could sh- he could shoot from distance. That existed. It wasn't Jalen Brown level, but right it existed. So the strides that he has made in each step of his career have been unbelievably impressive, and most Celtics greats. We're not even playing for the Celtics yet at the same age. Yeah. So we we need to uh, we need to have all of this criticism um, be in context here. Uh, let's get back did- to this game. Um, why did it take until the fourth quarter for the Celtics to play with a sense of urgency and aggression? It was <laughs> like they came out for the fourth. And you were texting me like Kemba's playing like a season is on the line. And I mean, Marcus Smart even ratcheted up and Jalen Brown, like they were getting steals and uh, Tatum finally started playing well again. And it was just like, everybody was kind of like, oh, oh my God, we're going to lose unless we, and then they got up to that six point lead. And thank you, Grant Williams for that year plus 14 for a portion there. I mean, Grant Williams, you look at his stat line for this game. Didn't take a shot didn't take a free throw. He had 3 defensive rebounds, no assists, no steals, one block, no turnovers, no fouls. And he made in 10 minutes he made a huge difference in just bodying up Bam Adebayo and playing him well.
1: Yeah, he was great. Um I think the these guys who aren't playing well and don't have the confidence they wish they had, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, those guys need to kind of get themselves all ramped up to get, to get aggressive and to get themselves playing, you know, like their life depends on it. I saw, I saw that energy from Kevin at the start of the fourth. And then I saw him become deflated with more fouls with missing open jump shots, open threes. Like we had some two good driving kicks to give him an open look and he missed them both in the fourth. Like, and you know, granted they were early in the shot clock. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to harp on that again, but, I mean, that's what we want, is an open look for one of our shooters. Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Kemba Walker. Those are the guys who need to knock down shots. We'll take whatever we get from Marcus Smart, but we can't rely on him as a shooter. The other guys, we can't rely on. It's those four guys, and Kemba, he can't make a catch-and-shoot three. Like, he's just not, something's off with him. I don't know if it's the knee, I don't know if it's that you know, he's not as good as, as advertised. I don't know if it's that he's a, a good player from a bad team and can't kick that rep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we will have a special guest on, a Kemba defender, uh, sometime in the next couple podcasts. Um, and, I, I didn't, you know, we need to do a, a full episode on what's the deal with Kemba and, and what do we do about it, you know, because it was a great upgrade from Kyrie. And in the locker room, that you know bodes well for for any long term success we have. But as much as he tries, and and that's what people say about him versus Kyrie on defense. Well, at least Kemba tries, right? Well, as much as he tries, he's still a pretty big liability. He's still uh, slow to adjust to rotate off the ball, um, and and then he's small underneath. Like it's just not. He's a defensive liability, um, and it's. The jury's still out, at least from my perspective, on whether he's the guy that we keep in this whole IT to Kyrie to now Kemba small scoring guard situation that Danny Ainge has seemed to always prefer. Um, it, but he's, he needs to show that he can do more than just give a great locker room spe- speech to, to get us going to win a game and, and be a chemistry guy. And, and someone who shows up every once in a while as like a, a third option. Now it's looking like on offense, we need more from him.
0: Yeah, I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Miami in this game as well. Um, Tyler Hero, that guy's good. Andre Iguodala, perfect from the floor in this game, plus twenty in twenty eight minutes. I want to say he really showed what uh, the difference. Between what it looks like when you've been to the championship six years in a row, like he has now, uh, and you've won three, even at 36 years old. He shows what that looks like instead of what this very young Celtics team um, does on the floor, especially in important games. Um, and Bam Adebayo, I mean, it's, we we may, he was definitely the best player in this
1: game. Josh, do you, who do you think is the MVP of this series? Yeah, it's got to be Bam. I, I think... You know, I was thinking about the Heat's top four players during this game. You know, it's Bam Adebayo number one. I, I'm trying to remember back what we said in our preview podcast, but oh, after I, searing the series,
0: oh, I had Bam right up there. I couldn't decide between Bam and Tatum, and you guys were giving me crap for having Bam
1: too high. Yeah, and and Bam is over Tatum right now, right? Yep. As as number one, number two for the Celtics was Jalen Brown, in my opinion. Number two. For the Heat, you could say it's Tyler Hero, you could say it's it's Jimmy Butler, but I think either of those guys beats Jalen Brown, you know. And and whoever you take of the Heat third, you know, you're up against Marcus Smart, right? You're not up against Kemba Walker. If you are up against Kemba Walker, he's being outplayed by Hero or whoever it is as well. So and then Goran Dragic was just incredible. The the threes that he hit, you know, those step back threes that it's just. I don't think those shots are going in and they always do and it it's it makes me sports hate Goran Dragić like <laughs> it's so frustrating. 34, you know, he's still he's still playing at such an elite level at 34. He outplayed Gordon Hayward our fourth, yep. right?
0: Miami went on a 35 to 17 run to end the game the last 9 minutes of the game. Josh, you know the the 50-40-90 club, right? Yeah. Shooter is good if they shoot 50% from field goal, 40 from three, 90 from free throw. As a team, Miami shot 56 from the floor, 48 from three, and 85 from the line. You're not going to win those games.
1: For this game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Iguodala was really the one who who kind of steadied them, who's been terrible throughout the series and the playoffs in general. He had more points in this game than he did in the entire playoffs he had the most points in this game of the entire season for him you know it's and that's why you have a guy like that that's why you trade for for him uh you know from the grizzlies and it's it's a guy guys like that that the celtics need to pick up i feel like for for next year if we can get one or two of these draft picks and then get one or two of the other ones uh ship them out and get and get a, a vet who can knock down some threes or two I think that that's going to be huge to solidify our locker room, our playoff success, and our mature